Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation, welcome back, and thank you once again for tuning in to a new season of Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by SportsNot.com. And speaking of a new season... It is here. It is finally here. The 2023 regular season is now underway. The Lions and the Chiefs will get things kicked off here very, very shortly here on Thursday night football. And your Raiders will get their season started on the road Sunday at Denver against the Broncos. Uh, A 425 Eastern time uh, kickoff. Uh, It's 125 in the West Coast and I'll get you all set up for that here on the show this week. Before we dive into it, though, I have some some things that I need you to do, please. Uh, and that is, number one, you got to go out there and click the subscribe button. Uh, we might have some first-time listeners out there tuning in for the first time, the week one preview show. Please stick around, uh, subscribe to the show. You can expect to hear from me every week now with new episodes coming out on Thursday evenings. Depending on the time of the, the day of the week that the Raiders game falls on, um, normally on a, on a Sunday game, you know, I do get those new shows out to you Thursday evening. Uh, and also the best way to keep up with me and, and everything going on with the podcast and other Raiders related news, uh, is to follow me on X or Twitter, whatever you're calling it at egro five. So please check me out over there. If you, uh, would be so kind. Now, the rundown for the show this week, we have lots to discuss, and of course, the game on Sunday with the Broncos, uh, we will discuss that. They had a major change at the top of their organization in the offseason with a new head coach bringing in Sean Payton. How quickly will he get things turned around in Denver is going to be a big question uh, for that team, and can he uh, get a better version of Russell Wilson than what we saw in 2022? That will be the key to the Broncos season this year. Uh, we will discuss the matchup a little bit more in detail in segment number two. Uh, and also on the show this week, there's been a little bit of a distraction taking place uh, surrounding the Raiders involving Chandler Jones. You are aware of it by now. Not a lot of details coming out on that. Uh, McDaniels refusing to go into any uh, details on that. Uh, really, all we know at this point is what Chandler Jones himself continues to put out there on social media. We will spend some time breaking that down and what that could mean, more importantly, what that could mean for guys like Tyree Wilson. And Malcolm Kuntz, who could be next in line to take some of those snaps uh, if Jones doesn't play, which at this point, I don't think anyone uh, believes he will play. Uh, Also, something that I want to talk about uh, this week is something that I've been thinking about since Josh Jacobs has returned to the team after signing his reworked one-year deal, and that is how much of Josh Jacobs can we expect to see in week one? Uh, he has a really good track record uh, of success versus the Broncos, so it might be a good idea to get him out there. I'll get into that a little bit more in detail as well. And to top it off, we do have a guest this week. We're going to be joined by uh, Case Kiefer in segment number two. He's going to hop on the line with us, and Case covers the uh, Raiders for the Las Vegas Sun. I want to see if he has any more updates um, you know, on the situation with Chandler Jones for us. 
and then again begin to to preview Sunday's game against the Broncos. So it's another really busy show we have planned for you. It's game week for the Raiders, so let's jump into it right now. So as I said at the top of the show, Chandler Jones right now is is the main topic of discuss, discussion uh, in Raider Nation uh, all week long. It's an unfortunate uh, situation for for so many reasons. Uh, you know, the excitement of Week One NFL season should be what everyone is talking about, but instead it's it's about the drama that's occurring off the field. And I don't, I don't mean to make light of it when I use the word drama. Um, you know, I'm not making light of, of anything that Jones is, is currently going through and dealing with. Um, uh, if it is some sort of mental health issue, um, he does seem to be denying that at this point. And, and, you know, I'm not going to, um, kind of throw my, uh, my own analysis, uh, into it, into what I think he's going through. I'm just going it on. I'm going on based, you know, what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, um, you know, on social media, he claims that he is okay. Um, but is he really okay? We don't really know. Um, I would say it's a fair question to ask, um, right now, you know, where he is in regards to his mental health. He, he does seem to be doing some things. His behavior seems a bit bizarre right now, but, um, I'd like to learn a little bit more about the situation, uh, before I kind of go out there and, and, and jump on sides. Um, again, it's a very bizarre situation that is playing out right now. I, I can't recall many instances, um, where a player publicly criticizes the coaches, the front off of, uh, front office members, like we're seeing here, you know, of course, one instance that does come to mind, um, and I'm sure a lot of you Raider fans will also recall is is the Antonio Brown uh, saga, uh, that very short saga. But I do recall um, there was some of that going on with with Brown as well, kind of calling out the organization um, in the media. Uh, but it all seems way too familiar for the Raiders organization and for their fans. A lot of people are just completely fed up with this kind of stuff happening to the team. Um, with with drama off the field occurring prior to the start of the season. I just mentioned the Antonio Brown um, and the circus that that became. The Khalil Mack holdout, okay, which eventually led to the trade of Khalil Mack during training camp. Now, that wasn't right before the season started, but it was, you know, prior to the, you know, during training camp and whatnot. Darren Waller last year when he did not, or when he kind of held in and, and did not report to camp. We all know how that was. So you can add this to the list of just, you know, things that, an organization doesn't need to deal with going into the, to a game week. So, you know, again, based on some of the things that I have been um, reading and things that are being reported and posted, um, I would be shocked right now as I sit here today recording this if Chandler Jones was to ever play another down in the silver and black. And, and I just don't see how the relationship can be uh, you know, mended, how the fences can be mended at this point. And now I'm looking at uh, spotrack.com, which is, of course, a website that gives you details on, on players' contracts and whatnot. Um, it looks like if the Raiders were to cut Chandler Jones, uh, so a, a post-June 1st cut would, would leave the Raiders with a dead cap hit of $25.8 million dollars over the next two seasons. That's roughly $13.5 million uh, in 2023 and 
roughly in 2024. So, you know, I'm not sure um, if there's some sort of clause or other type of language that's built into the contract, um, you know, that would give them an out with, with this particular these particular circumstances that they're dealing with. I'm not sure, uh, you know, of all of that. Uh, but I do know that if this continues to snowball the way it has been snowballing the last couple of days over the last, you know, 24 to 48 hours, then the Raiders may have no other choice but to just eat that money and move on from this. It's it's really ugly right now. It's, it's becoming very, very messy. Um, the, the team is, again, they're not really shedding much light onto what is going on, which is, you know, fair. You know, they want to deal with this in-house. Max Crosby said it's being dealt with in-house. Josh McDaniel spoke with the media on Wednesday, said it's being handled. I understand all that. Um, but I, the Raiders may be left with no choice right now but to cut him. Um, I don't know what all this stems from. There's some, there's some, uh, I guess, rumors out there that maybe the, the team asked him for a pay cut and maybe this is part of it. He's claiming that they're not letting him into the building. You know, I don't know what to believe or who to believe. All I know is this is, um, a big mess right now. And it absolutely is not something that this coaching staff, this front office and this rocker room, you know, needs to be dealing with right now. If Jones does need help, you hope that he is getting that help that he needs and that this just does not go on any further. Uh, now, as far as how this affects things on the field, because that's where we have to now turn our attention. Uh, Jones was a guy that I was hoping would, would have a bounce back year. You know, the hope was that along with Max Crosby, that that Jones and Crosby would act as mentors to Tyree Wilson. And, and, you know, then they could ease Tyree Wilson along in his rookie year as he continues to recover from the foot surgery that kept him out of most of training camp and just kind of ease him along. What I think now could happen and what I think will happen is you're going to see a lot more of Tyree Wilson. He's going to be tossed in there, thrown to the wolves a lot sooner than maybe what the organization had planned for him initially, which I'm excited for as, as a fan of the team, but looking at it from more of an objective perspective, which is what I try to do here on the show. I try to be objective. I have to wonder, is this what's the, is this in the best interest of the player and his development? Is he ready both physically and mentally right now to be thrown in there to play serious starting level snaps? I don't know. We will find out that answer soon enough. There are two other things that come to mind when I'm considering all this. Number one is you have to consider what does this mean for Malcolm Kuntz as well? You know, finally, Kuntz may get an opportunity here. It's been, you know, tough going for him in the last couple of years here, his first couple of years. Um, I talked about him a little bit on the last show that I did. I wouldn't mind seeing Koontz get out there and, and get some more opportunities. He's he's waited patiently. McDaniel seems to be happy with the progress that Koontz has made. And so perhaps uh, we see a little bit more of Malcolm Koontz, or perhaps it's a more of a defensive end by committee approach that we see in week one and week two as they try to work through this and figure out how they're going to uh, fill that void that, that could be left by Chandler Jones. Now, I would have some concerns about either one of those guys, Kuntz and Wilson, um, 
in the run game. I, I think, you know, we're talking about week one here. I think Sean Payton, he's a, you know, he's a wise guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's going to look to um, target those guys. And, and I would not be surprised to see them run uh, um, at Kuntz if he's in there or run at Wilson and really test those young, young guys to see what they, what they're capable of doing. Um, so, you know, which one of uh, those two guys will be more of the rundown defensive end, uh, will be something that I'll be interested to see. And then, you know, the other thing is, is it possible that they look to activate someone from the practice squad? I was looking at the roster of the practice squad today. I see, uh, David, uh, Agoa, who was, you know, a really good camp story, but you know, are we talking about him? actually being on the active roster and possibly even, you know, getting into the rotation. I don't know. I mean, that, that seems like a big ass to me. Um, Isaac Rochelle is a, is another option on the practice squad or, or do they even go look to test the free agent market? I don't know what's out there. I didn't look at that, but you know, there's, I think all the options right now have to be on the table as far as how they're going to make up for the, the, the loss and possible the extended time off here, uh, with Chandler Jones. Any way you look at it though, I thought that the the edge position and the defensive line in general as a whole would be a strength of this defense. And if there was any saving grace on this defense this year, because you know I've been pretty well um, open with my thoughts on the linebackers and, and the lack of depth in the secondary, I have concerns very much at those two levels of the defense. I thought the defensive line could be you know, the anchor of this defense all of a sudden now the depth looks a little bit different, right? I mean, even with the absence of one player, one player who didn't have a great season last year, but it's a guy who I thought had the potential to bounce back. Um, that depth does not look as good right now. I think it's fair uh, to have legit concerns about who is going to line up across from Max Crosby. We know who the options are. I just went through it, but are those guys ready? Are they ready to step in right now? So again, not what you want to be dealing with uh, the week of a game. I believe it's a distraction. I don't, I don't think the players and the coaches will admit that they're going to give you that, that, that standard, you know, company line that they're going to tell you that it's being dealt with and it's business as usual. It's next man up. We're going to handle this in house, but these guys are humans. You know, these are, these, these players, they're, teammates of Chandler Jones. They're friends with Chandler Jones. They care for the well-being of Chandler Jones. And, you know, so I think it's it's only natural and it for these people to, to kind of have some of these thoughts creeping into their mind and, and, you know, causing a distraction. So that was topic number one. Number two that I wanted to get to here in segment one of the show is Josh Jacobs. He is back. Okay. He is back. He, uh, He's now been practicing with a team. I think he's got four or five practices under his belt since his return. He is going to play on Sunday. The question is, and the question that we all want to know, is how much will he play? Now, initially, I thought it would be more of a 60-40 split in favor of Zamir White. After listening to Jacob speak and then listening to McDaniel speak on Wednesday, I've changed my mind, and I think Jacobs will, in fact, see the bulk of the work against the Broncos on Sunday. Now, at the top of the show, I mentioned Jacobs having a track record of success against the Broncos. I have a stat for you here, courtesy of Paul Gutierrez. Uh, I saw he posted this on on X. Uh, He covers the Raiders for ESPN. Josh Jacobs is 7-0 versus the Broncos in his career. And in those seven games, 
He has rushed for 721 yards, which is with a 4.7 yards per carry average, so a very good yards per carry average, nine touchdowns, and you can also chip in 15 catches for 158 yards. So historically speaking, Josh Jacobs has owned the Broncos. So what better way to start a season, especially after a long layoff, missing most of training camp against a team that you have performed really, really well against in your in your first couple of years, 7-0 and in fact. So um, I would expect Jacobs, you know, I, I, I'm not a mind, I, I can't, predictions sometimes aren't my best thing here, but you know, I, I would say 15 carries in, in that range um, for Jacobs. Uh, with you know maybe Zamir White getting somewhere in that seven to ten range, depending on how the flow of the game is going. Um, you know if the Raiders were to get behind and they have to throw the ball much more, then obviously maybe some of the run volume would be limited. But maybe you know fifteen to seventeen carries for for Jacobs, um, and again another seven to ten carries for Zamir White. Zamir White only had seventeen carries all of last season. I expect him to go way over that number this year. I still think Jacobs will be the lead back. Who knows what the future will hold for Jacobs with the Raiders? Um, if they were to try to franchise tag him again next year, they would have to pay significantly more money. I believe it's fifteen million dollars the tag would be for him. So it's very likely and very possible that this could be the last year with Jacobs in in the silver and black and so maybe the, the you know McDaniel's isn't going to be concerned about volume so who knows maybe they'll just you know jump on his back and, and ride him as long as they possibly can but I do expect to see a little bit more Zamir White this year and I liked what I saw from Zamir White in the preseason I know not everyone was um as excited about White um you know I've been hearing a lot of other people's uh, opinions on that I'm not sitting here saying that he's ever going to be a superstar or that, you know, the Raiders should feel comfortable moving on from Jacobs and, and having Zamir White as their number one guy. But what I do think is I think he's definitely more than capable um, to to be a good number two back. I think that's what he is. I don't think he'll ever be a lead back. Um, I also think you should consider that he was not running behind the starting offensive line or all of the starting offensive line during the preseason games. Um, but so I, you know, I think that should be considered, but I think he can be a really good compliment, uh, to Josh Jacobs. I'd like to see them really become a, you know, two headed monster. His Achilles heel is, as we know, pass protection route running. He doesn't offer a whole lot in that department right now. Um, he needs to continue to develop there, but I still think that at least early in the season, while Jacobs continues to get up to, you know, full speed here, he could see some uh, more work than he's used to seeing uh, behind Josh Jacobs. And then the final topic, uh, topic number three that I have for you in the first segment of this show is the Raiders schedule. And I'm not going to get into details of the entire schedule, but I was looking at the first few games for the Raiders, kind of mapping out the first quarter of the season here for them. I tell you what, it is not going to be easy for the Raiders. I think we are going to know right away what this Raiders football team is all about. Of course, you know, the NFL season is a long 17-game grind. It's it's a week-to-week season. I understand all of that. But if the Raiders get off to a sluggish start, it could be a difficult uh, uphill climb for them. Week one, I'm going to go through here the first five. Week one, we know it's Denver divisional opponent. They've done very well against Denver recently. 
Uh, so, you know, I expect them to be very much competitive in this game. Then in week two, they're traveling east. They're traveling cross country to Buffalo, my neck of the woods, which as of this moment, I do not have tickets to that game right now. I've been monitoring uh, these tickets. Um, they're still a lot more than what I want to pay. And of course, if I go, then the wife's going to want to go. The kids are going to want to go. So, you know, I got to buy four tickets here. And I, I know I'm not really interested in dropping, you know, $1,500 to $1,600 right now to sit up, you know, in the 300 level seats around a bunch of drunks. <laughs> so, so right now um, I'm monitoring ticket prices. Um, I'll keep you posted on, on whether or not I'll be at that game. It is the Bills home opener. So the demand for the game is, is pretty high right now in, in the area. Uh, but I'll keep you posted on whether or not I'll be there. That's going to be a tough game. Then in week three, they come home to Las Vegas. They open up Allegiant Stadium, their home opener, and they're facing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you ask me, okay, I think the Steelers are going to be one of the surprise teams in the AFC this year. They didn't have a great year last year. Kenny Pickett, you know, was a rookie. Um, didn't have a great rookie year. They're in a tough division. I think that the AFC North division is going to be one of the toughest divisions in football. I love the look of their offense. A lot of young talent all over the place. I do expect Pickett to take a big step forward. He had a really good preseason. They improved the offensive line in front of him. And you know the Steelers are going to play really good defense. So that also will be a difficult game. Week four, it doesn't get any easier. Okay, they go back on the road uh, to play the Chargers in LA, which we all know will have the feel of a home game. So that certainly will help. But, you know, I've been open. Uh, whether it's on social media or even on the show about how I feel about Justin Herbert. I think he's great. I think he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. I think this year he even takes a, a bigger step forward with their new offensive coordinator um, and Kellen Moore. They always have a good roster on paper. Will Brandon Staley stay out of the way and just let those guys play this year is the question. You know, Health is always a big question mark as well. Um, and then the, the, the first five game, that first five game stretch, it ends... Uh, with their second home game at Allegiant Stadium against the Green Bay Packers. Now, much of their success this year, I think they're kind of a wild card team right now. I don't really know what to make of them right now. A lot of young talent there on that offense as well. Uh, it's all going to hinge on Jordan Love. Uh, because we haven't seen him enough, it's just very hard to get a a real good feel for them. Uh, he had another, you know, uh, like Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love had a good preseason as well. Uh, but the point I'm making here is that you know, the Raiders are going to have their hands full here in, in these first five games of the season. Um, and, and again, I don't want to get, you know, look too far down the road one week at a time. I know this, but it's hard not to look at the schedule, you know, and, and, and start to figure out, you know, what they're going to have to do here to stay competitive. So if they want to avoid falling behind in the division and in the conference, then they are going to need to take care of business um, and get a W. And what I think is a very winnable game against a Denver Broncos team who they've they've really dominated here the last three years, and um, so because because if they don't again this is the point because if the Raiders don't they could have a tough start to the year I, I've talked about how I feel McDaniel's ultimately is going to be evaluated on the development of the youngsters on the roster uh, I still feel that is true but. If things go off the rails and the Raiders are looking at like an 0-3 start, you know, leading into week four against the Chargers or 0-4 start, you know, going into week five against the Green Bay, I do think that the seat of McDaniels could start to heat up. 
But again, I don't want to look ahead uh, one week at a time. But again, I wanted to share my thoughts with you on on that first kind of quarter of the season. We're going to learn a lot about the Raiders, uh, the 2023 Raiders, very early on in the season. But it all starts this weekend in Denver. I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to segment number two coming right up after this break. We will chat with Case Kiefer from the Las Vegas Sun. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by SportsNot.com. Welcome back to Just Pod Baby. The Raiders take on the Denver Broncos this week, and we are going to talk about it all right now. I was looking at the Thursday injury report. Nothing notable, really, for either team other than two people that I am going to mention here. For the Raiders, Brandon Faison, he remains out with that shin injury that cost him so much of uh, training camp, so I don't expect to see him in the lineup uh, at all this week and, and perhaps maybe not next week as well. So it's going to be Ja'Cory and Bennett who gets the start along with Marcus Peters on the outside. And, and Bennett was one of the players that I think was received the most hype of any Raiders player throughout training camp. Let's see how he handles this now uh, you know, with the real deal here, with, with the real bullets flying. And for Denver, it looks like Jerry Judy has a real shot to play after injuring his hamstring just a couple of weeks ago, I thought the initial reports that I had read said that the timeline for his return was was a few weeks, maybe even up to six weeks. But it looks like he, he might actually be out there. He's gotten in two limited practices this week. So that tells me he's probably going to be out there. Uh, but other than that, pretty uh, clean bills of health for both teams. Now, I do want to get into the, the the Broncos a little bit here. One of the things that I think everyone around the league is really, really curious and interested to see is, is just how this 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 Broncos offense looks under the guidance of, of Sean Payton. And, you know, we all know Russell Wilson. He looked awful last year. He looked like a shell of himself. Uh, I saw some of the action. I saw some of his, his, his game action in the preseason. I think it was against the Cardinals that I that I saw. And I have to be honest, he struggled a bit in that game. I thought, you know, he was under pressure a lot. I don't know if it was the starting offensive line that was uh, in the game at that point in time, but, you know, he, he was under a lot of duress. He did end up throwing a touchdown uh, in that game. Uh, but overall, I wasn't, I didn't walk away from that, that preseason game, you know, overly impressed. But, you know, what version of Russell Wilson will the Raiders see? Uh, I think also running back Javante White, uh, Williams, excuse me, Javante Williams, uh, who tore his ACL last year, is going to play in this game. Uh, again, recovering quite, you know, much sooner than what I would have guessed. Most players are out for almost a, you know, I guess a full year, or I guess it's, I guess nowadays it's not quite a full year. But um, from what Sean Payton has said, I would expect Williams to be heavily involved in their offensive game plan. Uh, they did also sign uh, Samaje P. Ryan as a free agent to back up Williams. So they have a decent one-two punch at running back. I just wonder how um, how effective both Williams will be coming off the injury as well as Jerry Judy if he uh, does indeed play uh, on Sunday. But they do have some weapons on offense that could be an issue uh, for the Raiders defense. One of the matchups that I'm uh, really looking forward to watching in the game is Devontae Adams versus Patrick Sertan, the second. And, and Adams really had uh, Sertan's number last year. In the two games, Adams caught 16 passes for 242 yards with two touchdowns. He had the walk-off 
uh, touchdown that you may recall. And, you know, Sertan's a really good player. He he talks a big game. He hasn't backed down from the challenge. Uh, but that that is a big test for a, a young player in the league. And, you know, I mentioned the success by Josh Jacobs already. Uh, last year he ran for 144 yards with two touchdowns in the first game and then had 24 carries for 109 yards in the second game. Uh, so he is he's definitely going to be a key uh, to the Raiders offense as well. And then the last thing that I will be keen um, keen in on during the game is the Raiders offensive line play. It's not something that I, I spoke a lot about this year. Last year it was one of the you know my biggest concerns for this team. I thought they overachieved last year. They ended up uh, run blocking really well. Um, they've kind of had a quiet off season in, in training camp and preseason to this point. You know how will they protect Jimmy G uh, in this in this game, and, and and you know will they continue to provide you know the runners with enough space to to pick up some yards? I think that'll be another key to the game. So those are a couple of the things that um, you know I'll be looking for in this game. What I want to do now, though, is I want to um, shift gears. I want to go out to the phone lines, and I want to welcome in our guest this week from the Las Vegas Sun. Uh, we are joined by Case Kiefer. And Case, we thank you for the time, and we appreciate you being with us here this evening. Let's get right into it um, as the Raiders now prepare for their Week 1 matchup with the Denver Broncos. We are going to start it out uh, this week with uh, the Chandler Jones situation, and, and, and it doesn't appear that Chandler Jones will be active this week uh, with the Raiders. And I think it's probably very possible that he he's played his last down uh, with the Raiders. But do you have any updates on this situation? What, what's the latest you are hearing out of Raiders headquarters? Um, yeah, I don't, unfortunately. I mean, everyone's uh, very tight-lipped about it. It seems like uh, people are kind of uh, annoyed if, if you even bring it up, which which I don't know if that's the right uh, case, but I, you know, so I'm not reporting anything, but I might even take it a step further uh, than you said that maybe we'd never see him again. I, I think at this point, it's probably pretty likely we're never going to see him in silver and black again. Uh, don't know exactly what he's going through, but you know, that the, there were, uh, I guess even before this, uh, th- this break, when things first happened, maybe there, there were some whispers that it was some uh, m- mental thing and that he was kind of acting erratically. And now you've seen that kind of uh, air out into the public. So I don't know. It seems like the, the situation's pretty far gone now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not totally ruling it out, but I'd be kind of surprised if he's uh, back in the locker room this season. Yeah, you know, I was talking earlier on the show um, about, you know, what are the options that the Raiders have at this point? Um, I was looking at the uh, the contract and, and the large amount of, of dead cap money that the team would be on the hook for should they decide to cut them. Uh, according to what I was reading, it looks like $25 million in dead cap uh, over the course of the next two years if they do decide to cut ties with him. Uh, again, at this point, they may not have any other options but to cut ties if this continues to, to spiral out of hand and he continues to just, you mentioned the erratic behavior, posting these bizarre things online. Uh, I just kind of like to get your take on that. How, how do you eventually see this you know, ending? Yeah, I think maybe that's what they're uh, working on right now is just trying to uh, figure out the money and see if, if there's any way that uh, uh, this can be done with a little bit less of a hit because, uh, yeah, I mean, that, the, the dead money would be uh, kind of suffocating uh, at the moment if you look at his uh, contract on the surface. So um, I, I don't know all that they're working through, but but I'm sure it's a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, either way this ends, uh, it kind of looks like a, a disastrous signing, one of the first uh, kind of splashy moves from the – uh, the, the regime that came in last year and uh, already kind of wasn't looks like it wasn't working out. But then to have this conclusion is just uh, 
uh, kind of sad. I wish wish all the best for uh, Chandler and hope it uh, g- gets resolved. And who knows, maybe everything will be uh, okay in the end. But uh, there's just I think there's a lot of hurdles to jump through in that contract. Uh, not to be insensitive, but certainly a, a big one. Yeah, and and I think you nailed that. When you, it is a disastrous contract, um, it was a move and a signing that a lot of fans were excited about when it when it went down uh, last year. Uh, but again, the, the the performance was not there on the field by him last year, and, and now with the way things are ending this year, it, it's going to go down as one of the worst signings in a very long time for this team. I, I think now the conversation it shifts now to you know. How do the Raiders fill the void that's left behind with him not there? And and what does it mean for a guy like Tyree Wilson and even a guy like Malcolm Coons, who you would assume those two guys are now in, in, in for a much larger role, um, at least this week? Um, I don't know. Again, they, they may decide to call someone up from the practice squad or go test the free agent markets to see who's out there to bring in in, in, in short notice. Um, but what do you think that rotation looks like um, opposite of of you know Max Crosby, uh, at least this week, do you think um, Tyree Wilson is up for the challenge to step in in Week One, uh, play a lot of snaps after missing so much time in training camp? Yeah, I mean, I think you would certainly hope so, and uh, obviously long term. I mean, this was uh, Tyree Wilson's job anyway, but you've used the number seven overall pick on him. I, th- I think you got to hope that he's ready to step up and um, make an impact right away. I just. Uh, you know, to be honest, I- I'm a little skeptical that, that he can do that this quickly. Uh, I still don't know if he's fully back uh, in football shape. I know everyone saw him kind of breathing heavy uh, in the Cowboys game. And, you know, it's not really a knock against him. He didn't get a full training camp. Uh, I don't know if he's really in that shape. I will say internally, I feel like they have a lot of confidence in Malcolm Kuntz. You've heard a lot of guys talk up. Malcolm Kuntz uh, think that he's in line um, for a big season, change some things uh, in his diet. has looked good, I guess, on the field in practice. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm a little skeptical of that. I don't dislike Malcolm Koontz or anything. I think he's a decent depth guy, but, uh, you know, we, we've kind of seen him, not a ton of snaps, but we've seen him a little bit uh, these last two years. And uh, I'm not breaking any news here, but I just feel like it, he doesn't have the ceiling of, of, of a Tyree Wilson. But I wouldn't be surprised if, especially this week, um, maybe Malcolm Koontz ends up even getting uh, the, the bulk of the snaps. I know uh, someone asked uh, Max Crosby yesterday about, uh, you know, starting opposite uh, Tyree Wilson and, and he kind of said oh I'm fine with whoever it is Tyree or Malcolm there's just been a bunch of little things like that that, that leads me to believe that uh, maybe Malcolm will even have the uh, bigger share of the workload here early on yeah it, and, and you know not to be insensitive of the situation that Chandler Jones is dealing with but I'm actually as a fan of the team I'm excited to see um, you know the, the young guys um, you know I, I would prefer to see Tyree Wilson maybe uh, kind of gradually you know getting his feet wet and being put in there but uh, nonetheless I'm excited to see uh, you know the young guys Koontz and, and Tyree Wilson kind of a, a changing of the guard there uh, at the other defensive end spot um, opposite of uh, uh, Max Crosby uh, but we are chatting with Case Kiefer from the Las Vegas Sun joining us as our guest this week uh, on Just Pod Baby. I, I want to change gears now and, and, and shift our attention to uh, Sunday's game versus the Broncos. Um, another player who missed a lot of time in camp, Josh Jacobs, he he did return uh, late in training camp, signed that, re, reworked that, that franchise tag. Uh, how much of a workload do you expect to see from Jacobs with only a, a handful of practices uh, under his belt? Uh, I think it's going to be pretty close to full. I, I just left uh, the, the Raiders headquarters, and he, he talked to uh, some of us in the media today, and I feel like he got asked uh, several times. Different people came up about uh, 
you know, how he was feeling, what he thought his workload would be. And he was just grinning wide and said, he, he's fresh. I think he said, uh, he feels more fresh than a, than a lot of guys here. Uh, he thinks he can, uh, he didn't say it explicitly because I think he's probably uh, been told not to. And I know, uh, coach McDaniels is, is kind of, uh, running this thing of we don't know how much his workload is going to be, uh, maybe tempering expectations. But I think in Josh Jacobs' mind, he's going to be out there, uh, as much as ever. I side more with the, the, the comments I saw coming out of the Denver camp when, uh, the, the players and Sean Payton were saying they expect to, uh, uh, to, to see him be the same old Josh Jacobs. And I think that too, it looks like he's in great shape. Um, I asked him, you know, last year he credited a lot of uh, the great year he had to what he did in the off season and kind of changed a whole lot of things. And uh, I talked to him about how he kept that. He kept the same nutritionist on. Uh, he kept the same workout plan. So I, I don't know. I haven't. We haven't got to see him practice as much since practices aren't uh, it, aren't open for the whole thing like they are in training camp. Uh, so I haven't, you know, got to see him go through a, a long uh training session or anything but he just physically looks like he's ready and and i would expect him to uh be out there uh quite a bit on sunday that's really good insight there um as far as you know how he looks uh in person and, and the, the conditioning that he's in he's he certainly has had a lot of success against the uh broncos that was one of the things that i was talking about uh at, at the beginning of the show is is you know he has a 7-0 and record right now against the broncos he's has 721 yards rushing in those seven games nine touchdowns so the broncos are a team that's he's had a lot of success against so um hopefully that'll continue here on sunday um, you know, I, I look at this Raiders secondary going into the game. Um, it, it's one of the areas that I, you know, I have some concerns with this defense overall, but particularly the, the depth of the secondary, um, the the talent and depth at linebacker. But in particular with the secondary um, going into this matchup, you know, you got Marcus Peters and Jacorian Bennett starting on the outside um, against the uh, Denver receivers of Cortland Sutton. And it does look like Jerry Judy uh, may play after all in this game. Uh, you know, he's been dealing with a hamstring. Um, but how do you feel about that matchup with this Raider secondary versus the, the receivers uh, of the Broncos? Uh, yeah, well, I think bingo. I think we're totally uh, on the same page. Uh, we the, the the paper stuff I do we do a little bit ahead of time. So today I wrote our big uh, game day preview section. I put no, I, I thought the number one problematic matchup was uh, uh, the defensive backfield going up against this passing game, and specifically Jacorian Bennett. I think uh, physically he he's ready, but you never know when you get in there in the game. And I think he's going to have to come ready to play. I think it's really going to be a, a trial by fire for the rookie. I, I think Sean Payton will. Uh, uh, you know, if that's a mismatch or not, he's going to find out. I think they're going to be throwing uh, to his side of the field a, not, a, a lot. I mean, luckily you, uh, I guess, do get away with one with the Broncos having that cluster injury at receiver, uh, though that can kind of be mitigated if Jerry Judy uh, ends up playing. And, and, and I, you know, I, I don't mean to sound too negative on the defensive backfield because, to be honest, my expectations have been surpassed in training camp. I thought they've looked uh, really good, done some good things. But, uh, you know, it, it wasn't pretty every single day, and I still think you look uh, – top to bottom and you'd have to say this is one of the uh, uh the lesser units in the nfl i mean even marcus peters who's had a great career um you know I, i'm not sure he's going to be prime marcus peters at uh 31 years old or whatever he is now coming off the acl tear and not a great year last year so uh, I, I think they're certainly going to be tested and uh if i was worried about one thing with the raiders it would be the secondary um they've shown flashes that maybe they're capable though but uh it's going to that's going to be a big matchup and that is the b1 i have circled to watch uh, on sunday yeah, and I, th- and I think that's a fair take. I think it's a, an objective fair take, and that's what I try to do here. I, I'm a fan of the team, but I always try to keep things uh, objective. So I, I do agree with the 
the concerns with the secondary. Um, and I and I think you made a great point there about um, a, a veteran coach like Sean Payton, a great offensive mind. Um, I do th- agree with you that he's he will look to take advantage of a young Jacorian Bennett and along the defensive line, if it is Tyree Wilson and, and Malcolm Coots in there getting a lot of the reps, I think he's going to try to, you know, challenge those guys a bit more as well. So that is one of the things that I'll be looking for in this game. Now, now speaking of Sean Payton, you know, a lot of the struggles last year with that Broncos offense a year ago were, were blamed on Nathaniel Hackett and, and rightfully so he, you know, he didn't do a very good job uh, preparing his, his team each week. Um, are you expecting now with Payton, you know, calling the shots for that offense, are you expecting to see a, um, an upgraded version of Russell Wilson and, and this offense overall this week against the Raiders? Um, I still think yes, probably a little upgraded. I will say when he first uh, hopped on board and uh, um, agreed to come there, I, I actually kind of had higher expectations than I have now. I was thought, man, this could really be a shot in the arm. Um, towards Russell Wilson, and who knows? I mean, we're all just speculating. We're all kind of just guessing at this point, but I've kind of soured a little bit uh, as the summer has gone on. I guess, uh, you know, obviously I haven't seen the Broncos up close in person, but I know some people that have, and I just kind of expected a little more hype, a few more maybe like national puff pieces about how uh, how much Russell Wilson has revitalized uh, in this uh, in this offense and what a great uh, thing Sean Payton has been from him. And, and I just haven't heard as much of that as I expected um, in – uh, you, you know, they're, 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 he doesn't look great in the, the glimpses we got to see of him in preseason. So I certainly think he's going to get a little bit better, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm not all in on the Broncos turning it around and immediately being this playoff team uh, uh, this year. I kind of need to see it first. Case Kiefer is our guest this week uh, who covers the Raiders for the Las Vegas Sun. And I, I, I've got just one more for your case uh, before I get you out of here. Um, you know, I was looking at the the first few games on the Raiders schedule um, and I, I got to be honest, it's, it's, it is not going to be easy, an easy start uh, to the season for the Raiders. And that's why I think it's, it's so critical and so crucial that they get things off to a, a really good and positive start here with a win on Sunday, a, a winnable game, I think, versus the Broncos. In your opinion, um, I know we discussed the, the, the secondary and the matchups between, uh, you know, Peters and Bennett versus the Broncos receivers, but what is the key to the game for the Raiders, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, that's a, that, that, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, hopefully it's not a cop-out, but I just think that the, the defense as a whole, I think, uh, I mean, last year uh, just was kind of a continuation of, uh, of of everything that seems like it's happened. I'm sure you've been a Raiders fan of watching closer longer than me, but it just seems like uh, they've shot themselves in the foot defensively just year after year, and there's always hope, and they can never come through. At least it's... Uh, been that way since they've been in Las Vegas. They had the one decent year under Gus Bradley. Um, I, I just think defensively they got to take a step towards uh, you know kind of being in the at least in the middle of the pack of the NFL, which they haven't been able to do uh, in so long. I think the offense with the guys you have over there with Josh Jacobs uh, and Devontae Adams, and as long as Jimmy Garoppolo can stay on the field, I, I just don't see them being towards the bottom of the NFL. I think they're going to do their part. Uh, they just got to get some help uh, on defense, and even you know we talked about the secondary, but particularly in the pass rush. I just think when you have a, a guy like Max Crosby to see like their sack rate numbers uh, last year and, and just their pressure rate of anyone outside of Crosby. I mean, it was just embarrassing. He's got to have some help. Um, th- 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 they got to put a, a little more pressure um, on opposing quarterbacks. So uh, defensively, I-, I-, I actually think I'm probably a little more bullish on the Raiders long-term and think they, uh, you know, can contend and be a little bit better than maybe the outside expectations this year. As long as that defense just gets a little bit better, 
seems like they have the pieces in place, but uh, I don't know. I know the Raiders have disappointed the fan base before when, uh, when, when the defense sounds better, but it looks better so far, and we'll see how that goes this weekend. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. At the end of the day, the, the, the success of this team, it, it all hinges on the defense. I mean, I, I think we can all feel pretty comfortable that as long as Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, the offense should be you know, competitive and, and keep them in games. It's, it's going to come down to that defense. So yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, real quick, you got a prediction on the game that you want to you wanna throw out there? Uh, not, not one I, I think your <laughs> listeners are probably going to love. I will say I've bounced back and forth um, on this game. I, I when uh, you know, I cover a lot of betting. Betting is kind of my big thing, in, in, uh, in here in Vegas, even before uh, the, the Raiders came in, and when, when this game touched up four and a half early in the summer, I wrote up like the Raiders are worth a play at that. There's not that much separating these two teams, but now we get closer to it. Um, I think it's just going to be tough in Denver in Sean Payton's uh, you know first game. I think I'm going to take the Broncos by a field goal. So uh, like in my betting column, I still uh, would pick the Raiders plus three and a half. I think this is a really close game that could go either way. But uh, if you're making me pick a winner, I, I think maybe the maybe Denver wins a close game at the end. All right. Yeah. No, I, listen, like I said, I try to keep it objective here. So sometimes, you know, <laughs> even I make the predictions and I predict the other team's going to win as well. But uh, Case Key for everyone, he covers the Raiders for the Las Vegas Sun. Please give him a, uh, a follow on X or Twitter uh, at Case Kiefer. And, and Case, we appreciate your time this evening. Uh, enjoy the game on Sunday and, and keep up all the great work you're doing uh, for Raider Nation. All right. Yep. Good talking to you as always. Thanks a lot. Okay. Case Kiefer, there he goes. Uh, nicely done there by him. I, I think it's safe to say we were pretty much on the same page for the most part with a lot of our thoughts. He seems to think Josh Jacobs will have a full workload, and he gave us a good uh, little nugget there with what he has seen from Jacobs in person. He, says he appears to be in great shape, and he's, he's telling everybody that he is ready for a full workload. He's you know avoided any kind of uh, abuse to the body here during training camp. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's possible that, that Jacobs will get his 20 to 20 plus carries uh, in the game. Either way, we will know the answers to all of these questions, all the things that we've been wondering now for an entire offseason. We are going to find out here very, very soon. I'm looking forward to it. I know you guys are as well. It is time for me to wrap this one up. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Please subscribe to the show if you don't already. And please give me a follow on X at Egrote 5. We will chat again same time, same place next week. Until then, everyone, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And as always, just win, baby.